Blog Talk Radio. Friday night edition of the Pajama Party. How about that? Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. Who? Can you believe it? Another Friday? Uh, this is the first uh, Friday in, in October, right? So yeah, it is. The first one? Happy October. Happy October. Happy uh, uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, October. That's true. Very true. Oh, nine. Yes, yeah, shout out to all the breast cancer survivors and all the mm-hmm. cancer survivors. And for people who live in places where the seasons actually change, <laughs> fall is coming. If you're out somewhere in maybe Cali or Florida, you don't know the difference. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Same old, same old for them. Same old, same old. But I don't live there, so I don't know. Maybe okay. it does get cold. Who knows? All right, I'm uh, one of those Papa Didi. I'm here with uh, Red Wine. Bonsoir, everybody. All right, Kettle will be joining us a little later. All right, so what's your uh, talk of the... No, I can't call talk it of, that. Talk of the town? You yeah, know, I works. just want to talk about how um, how spoiled these... I won't say we, but some people are spoiled. How, some people are spoiling the hell out of their children. Mm. I tell you, I was on a train, you know, the... National train. He was going to advertise them because they ain't paying us. But a train to go from place to place. Not a local train, but your, you know, your national railroad. Okay. And um, I had a business class seat. And the business class seats are assigned. They have different numbers and letters. The number of seat and what letter you're in based on aisle or window. So I get to my seat and these two young girls are laid back in my seat. And they're actually sleeping. Now, there was a seat next to me that was open, so I sat next to it. The lady had got on with me at the place I got on at. And she sat down. And um, there was a seat next to her. So I sat there in the meantime until the conductor came out. And when he came through, I said, "Um, that's my seat over there, by the way. Oh, he said, oh, oh. Didn't do anything. Didn't wake them up. Then all of a sudden, their mother, alleged mother, came back from the cafe car with some food or whatever. And she woke them up, and she's giving them the dish and some some food and a sandwich and some pistachios and and a soda and ice and all this. And And I'm saying to myself, first of all, these two girls is in the wrong goddamn seat. Okay? How are you sitting in my seat? All relaxed. And your mother's serving you like you two are the Queen of Sheba. They had to be no more than 16, 17 years old. Mm-mm. And then all of a sudden, before the mother left to go back to her seat, a couple seats up, I, I, I said, I'm not going to let her get away like that. I said, excuse me, that seat over there, the window seat over there across, that's actually my seat. 
Oh, but these two, they wanted, they had separate seats, but they wanted to sit together. I said, okay, well, all right, well, I, I'll sit here in the meantime, but if somebody comes, he said, yeah, well, we, I guess we'll have to just kick him out. I wanted to say, bitch, let's kick him out now. <laughs> okay? I wanted to say, they're in my seat. What part of did you not understand? How far are you going to let your white privilege extend until you get the hell out of my seat? There are assigned business class seats. And on a train, business class costs more than the regular travel. Not that much more, but it costs more. But she just said so casually, oh, they have separate seats and um, they, they wanted to sit together. Like, I'm supposed to just be gullible enough to just, but, you know, it was a seat available. And I sat next to a white woman on the way up, and she heard the whole thing. So she was talking about them white folks like a dog. I was like, wow, so white folks can talk about their own kind. It was very interesting. So for the next hour and a half or so, <laughs> me and this other white woman was talking about them white women. But the question tonight, the topic tonight is, are people spoiling their damn kids too much and when they ride by themselves on the train, that's still going to be in their head. Mm-hmm. Not to go to your own damn seat. So, what are we going to do? Well, I think the fault lies in two places. The mother and the conductor, the conductor. Who should have, when she first decided to go sit in that seat, when he looked at her ticket and saw they were in the wrong seat, that's when the conductor should have said, uh, that's not your seat. These seats are assigned. You need to sit in your assigned seat, period. Mm-hmm. I don't care what they want. Right. You know, so that was on his part, his or her part, that was one problem. Right. But then I have to agree that sometimes parents can coddle their kids True. way too much. There's one thing to go and get the snacks and bring the food back and all of that. Mm-hmm. But to even make the statement after the person whose seat they're in has politely told you, your kids are in my seat. My seat. Then that's when it's time for the mother to be apologetic and say, oh, I'm so sorry. They wanted to sit together, but I'll get them to move back to their where they should be. She made no attempt to but do that But she was at just all. like, oh, you should understand. Said, oh, oh, oh. Well, they wanted to sit together. Well, somebody come. Well, if the, the question is this here. Being as reserved seats, when somebody comes, I'm sitting in their seat now, the new person to get on the train. Exactly. So I have to be the facilitator now to tell your daughter to get up? No, no. I'm going to go to you, Mom. Because, right, because you it becomes a domino effect. You and and, you and know. everybody starts sitting where they want. Nobody's in the correct seat. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it's going to be like what's that game? Musical chairs. Yeah. Eventually, somebody's going to be standing in the aisle without a seat. Yeah. Because everybody's in the wrong one. So mom needed to step up and say, "Oh, sir, I apologize. Ladies, girls, get up, go to your seats where you're supposed to be, and sir, again, my apologies." And but the, she never even And the conductor it. was a bitch ass for not keeping stuff straight from yeah, the Yeah, well beginning. see, that could have been nipped right. had he done the right mm-hmm. thing in the first Yeah, place. he was he was being all you know, conjo to them and, and not worrying about the person and the sad part about it is that the person who is watching people in their seat, as soon as something adverse comes along, you're the one now that's the victim because you're in somebody's seat. 
mm-hmm. because somebody's in your damn seat. And I don't understand how the conductor just didn't nip that shit in the bud from the beginning and have everybody get in their own seat. Don't you realize that that shit is just going to aggravate more shit? Exactly. If you don't keep moving people around, then you got people in business class that don't belong in business class. <laughs> They just come and sit down. I mean. So people do that. They just try to slide on in. Let me tell you something. So business class is like an upgrade. It's an upgrade. Right, right, right. Okay. But it's also a place where people try to display their white privilege and get away with it until the conductor comes back there and he keys your ticket. And, you know, he's, oh, oh, you're you're in the coaches. Well, there's big ass signs hanging that says business. So these people aren't stupid. They're just (laughs) not paying that sign no rabbit ass mind. It's amazing how some people can be so fucking intelligent but act so stupid at the same time. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that blow your mind? Oh, for sure. You see, oh, they're they're dressing all the latest shit. They're wearing all the latest fashion. The pocketbook is nice. Everything is cool. They go, you see them go to the cafe car and they pull out a fucking American Express gold card to walk to the cafe car. Now, if you was able to achieve an American Express gold card, how the fuck did you not know you was in a business class seat unauthorized? I don't I don't get it. You can't be dumb and smart at the same fucking time. Well that's what you call feigning ignorance. It's like, oh, is that what this is? Yeah. I, I didn't oh. realize. Oh. Oh, oh I didn't oh. know. <laughs> oh. Yeah. You know people got gay. Anyway. All right, well, I understand, but yeah, I I think the mom and the conductor were both wrong. Yeah. Conductor should have done his job and mom should have done better. And mm-hmm. just not allow your kids to do whatever they want. Yeah, and they both were sitting there. And the one child had to be at least 16, 17 years old. I'll put her on blast. She had a little shirt on, and underneath her little, like, sleeve shirt, it was this huge tattoo across her chest, like mm-hmm. a fucking eagle. Mm-hmm. Now, she's like 16, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Now, in order to get this tattoo across her chest, somebody had to be watching those titties for at least three hours. <laughs> okay, that's how big this tattoo was. That wow. was underneath the shirt. It was like a, you saw the eagle wings on either shoulder, mm-hmm. and it was the body of it underneath the wings that the clothes covered up. But you're calling your child as a little young, precious person that you went to the cafe car and got her sitting unauthorized in my seat. Mm. But she's going to the tattoo parlor and she's topless for three fucking hours. So damn. Well. Anyway. I guess that's, that's all I got to say mom about that. Okay. That just go to show you, boy. Whoo, my goodness. You know, both got some stuff with them. You know they do. Where's the adult in the room? Apparently, those two kids are running everything. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and jump into the rundown, see what we got on the agenda for tonight. We've got New Jersey Bank agrees to a $13 million settlement with the uh U.S. Department of Justice for redlining. We'll talk about that. Texas sheriff's deputies find 84 migrants in a tracer trailer. And Philadelphia issues an apology for unethical medical experiments. And we've got the cocktail of the week coming up after that. And what's popping with Papa Didi? Uh, The weird news where we're going to lighten it up. We've got a wild boar piglet adopted by cows. Okay. A super squash. It's a 2,554-pound pumpkin. Carves out a new U.S. record. 
a man charged with smuggling pythons in his pants. What? In his pants at the U.S. border. I'm just saying with red wine, we have to make up the difference. Uh, Living for the City with Papa Didi. The Hollywood Wrap-Up. Uh, the World Famous Kiss It List, which you don't want to land on that one. And uh, the last word. So sit back, relax. We're about to get into it. And we're going to take a quick break. And uh, on the other side of the break, we're going to jump into In Focus. Stay right there. Hi, this is Papa Didi. If you haven't heard of Pajama Party, you're missing out. We got hot topics, hidden quitter headlines, what's popping with me, weird news, I'm just saying with red wine, living for the city again with me, the Hollywood wrap up with kettle, the cocktail of the week, the world's famous kiss at this, and of course the last word. We serve up each week on the pajama party show, and nobody does it like us. You can call us each week live on Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time at 914-803-4306 or listen at www.apajamaparty.com and also follow us on Twitter at apajamaparty. Welcome back to Pajama Party. One, your host Papa Didi. I'm here with uh, Red Wine tonight. Bonsoir. All right. Uh, Let's see. I'm gonna get right into this in focus. I want to talk about this uh, situation in. Let's see. This is New Jersey. Hmm. New Jersey Bank has agreed to a 13 million dollar settlement with the U.S. Department of Justice for redlining. Here we go with the redlining again. So the New New Jersey Bank has agreed to pay out 13 million to settle claims from the U.S. Department of Justice because the bank was not supplying loans to predominantly black and Hispanic customers. Same old crap, different day. The Department of Justice announced last week that it secured an agreement with Lakeland Bank to to resolve allegations that the bank was engaging in a pattern or practice of lending discrimination by what they call redlining in some neighborhoods in the Newark metro area based on a news release that gave out the information. So the settlement is part of an extensive national effort by our Department of Justice to fight discriminatory lending practices, and it marks the third largest redlining settlement in Department of Justice history. Uh, As you may know, redlining is allegedly banned It's funny how it's banned, but yet it keeps happening. And essentially, it includes lenders not offering credit services to individuals living in selected communities and is mainly based on race, color, or national origin. So among other things, the federal court complaint alleges that all the bank branches were located in primarily white neighborhoods. Hmm. So the banks that are in these white neighborhoods were trying to just lend money to white people. And I guess when a black person sent in an application, they were like, wait a minute, where is this person? Oh, they're not in our neighborhood. No, we're going to deny that one. So the proposed consent order subject to court approval in New Jersey calls for Lakeland to take several actions. That includes investing in at least 
$12 million in a loan subsidy fund for residents of black and Hispanic neighborhoods in the Newark area, $750,000 for advertising, outreach, and consumer education, another $400,000 for development of community partnerships to provide services that increase access to residential mortgage credit. And the bank is also open to opening two branches in neighborhoods of color. So we'll see how that goes. It says they're open to opening these branches. It didn't say they were committed to it. They're open to the idea. So according to comments from Philip Selinger, who's a U.S. attorney for department um, for the District of New Jersey, uh, he included that the bank engaged in redlining practices from 2015 to 2021 with none of its 40 branches in predominantly black and Hispanic neighborhoods. They got 40 branches, none of which are in predominantly neighborhoods of color. Mm-hmm. He also said that the bank generated about five times more mortgages in those neighborhoods than in Lakeland. And how you get more mortgages outside of your so-called area in white communities, but you, you know, it just seems crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this stuff is crazy. The whole thing. Yeah, I want to comment after when you. Okay, well, I'm gonna just say this last piece. Uh, uh, Mr. Selinger's office estimated that 120 million dollars in loans would have been made by the bank if they had pursued all borrowers. Lakeland knew about the redlining conduct back in 2015, but did nothing meaningful to try to stop it. And the bank, of course, is not admitting to any wrongdoing yet. You're gonna pay out over 13 million. Okay. That's all I got. All right. All right. Now, what you got? Now, let's 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 talk about that for example okay. for 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 a minute. Mm-hmm. Now, the one thing I don't want people to do is is ever get into the habit that money is so uh, hard to come by when it comes to these institutions, okay? These banks are making maybe Thirty to forty million dollars a year in ATM fees alone. Mm-hmm. Not to mention any kind of uh, slush things they got connected to mortgages or, or things of this nature. And what I don't understand is that if you're denying loans, what did what did the people that applied for the loans? What did their credit report look like? Wasn't it supposed to be based on your credit? It should be. I mean, if I'm coming there with a seven. 15, 720 credit score, mm-hmm. how do you still deny me? They find ways. No, well, the answer is not that simple. We we can't go with a simple answer like that. No, that's what I'm saying. They find ways. They come up with stuff and they say, for example, here's well, an example. You know, first let, of me, all. let me give you an example. They say things like, oh, you haven't been on your job long enough to establish, you know, some kind of continuity with employment. Or your debt to loan, what is it, debt to income ratio is too high. You know, if you have more debt than whatever that percentage is that they can fluctuate, I guess. So they come up with stuff. So it's like, yeah, you may have a decent credit score, but if they can find some other loophole to have a reason to deny you, that's what they've been doing. So why does the day have so much power? Because it's their bank and, why and their are we- money. Well, no, no, I'm saying, but so why are we kissing their ass like that? And why do we keep going up to this white neighborhood 
making ourselves butt-ass naked and telling them to just abuse us any way they want to. And, and like I said, $13 million is nothing. That's no that's no money. I mean, people like um, Elon Musk and all them with Twitter and all that, these jokers is talking billions. Mm-hmm. They're fucking with the billions with Twitter and all that stuff. Millions ain't, that ain't shit no more. You know, when they say, oh, they, they decided, they, and I'm, I'm surprised that the DOJ is going to go. Now, they put a one in front of that and, and, and find them $113 million and let them jokers go and hock for a minute. Mm-hmm. But $13 million is no money. That's no money. And I don't mean to sound facetious with it, but it's not. No, I hear Do you know if you win a million dollars in a sweepstakes or a lottery, you're going to still have to keep your job? Because mm-hmm. when you pay the taxes and you walk away with 650000 by the time you clean up your life and a few other your relatives' lives, you left with like $200,000, dollars And once you put that in your bank, that shit going to blend with everything else. By the time you okay. put it, by the time you go to the checking account, savings account, or throw a little bit with the IRA or whatever the fuck else you got, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, the shit's going to be back to basics. So banks, $13 million, please, they can piss on that like you piss yeah. on the side of the wall. And it's, it's crazy that the DOJ says that so hard. Like, we're going to steal on a son of a $13 million. That's bullshit. These jokers are making, like I said, like $20 million in ATM fees. I, I hear what you're saying. Anyway. But I don't. it's not that people that they were redlining and doing stuff that was unscrupulous. People put their applications in, you're trying to get your mortgage, you know, financed or whatever, and when you get turned down, it's like, okay, that was just another no added in the pile, and you keep pushing. But then it became um, public knowledge once this information came out that this is what Lakeland Bank, and I'm sure there are others, had been doing. So it wasn't that people were deliberately applying to a bank that they knew was jacked up. They didn't know. You know, it's like one of those things where if you apply and I don't know what happened to you, I apply, you don't know what happened to me. And then eventually when people start talking and they say, oh, you got turned down by Lakeland, so did I. And then you find out it was a whole lot of people. And then you find out all the people that got turned down were black or Hispanic. But the white folks aren't getting turned down. And some of them probably had lower credit ratings than some of the black people. But what was the draw on Lakeland from the beginning that got us there? Why? It why was do just we, another bank. But why did we go to the little bullshit bank anyway? Well, that's and, what I'm saying. They were just another bank. All right. So what? what is Bank of America, Wells Fargo, or one of these other major banks? What is their record? What are they doing for us? I don't know. But some of them have been busted for redlining, too. It's just a matter of when people finally get caught. But... I'm going to put Lakeland Bank on the kiss it list. So you're saying that they're, what, the, what the bank is saying is they're doing fine without us. That's what it sounds business like. Business is good without us. Yeah, we don't need your we money. We don't need your money. We don't, know, we don't need your business. We don't need shit from you. That's and what we it only op- We only let you open an account just to be nice to you, you know? Mm. And we watch through the camera when you left out to or make maybe sure it's you just left to off be our able to check lot. that diversity box to say uh we do have some black account holders. Wow. Maybe that's why they do. I don't know. I just think that, you know, we need to get the lesson. And what about these other banks that are black owned, you know, the bank with the fancy well, ATM card, what bank that's is that why called? 
yeah, that's One United. And One United and all that. There's a, a few black-owned banks. All right, but are they following suit? I mean, are they doing the right thing? Or? As far as I know, they are. As far as you know. As okay. far as I know. Well, they got every good I'm not on their board of directors, so I cannot say, but hmm. as far as I know. All right. Anyway, yeah, let's move on. Let's move All on. right, what you got? Anyway, this is Texas, uh, as normal business in Texas. Texas sheriff deputies found 84 migrants in a in a trailer. This happened in uh, Heidego County. Sheriff deputies located 84 migrants on Thursday afternoon as they unloaded from a tractor trailer just 12 miles from the U.S.-Mexican border in South Texas. All right, a concerned citizen originally reported that a tractor trailer near a residence about 15 miles from uh, downtown McAllen, McAllen, Texas. Sheriff deputies and Border Patrol responded, so somebody snitched on them pretty much. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Sheriff deputies and uh, Border Patrol responded to the scene and took the migrants into custody. Pictures released by the county sheriff, a person named Eddie, Eddie Gordon, uh, showed dozens of migrants on the ground in what appeared to be a residential area. A TikTok video was posted late on Wednesday evening seeking someone who can drive an 18-wheeler right now from McAllen to Houston for $70,000. What? Damn. They said they want somebody that can drive a... An 18-wheeler? 18-wheeler. And they were going to give them... $70,000 to get the people out of that little suburban area and take them to Houston. I believe Houston has a black mayor, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Anyway, and this is how the whole, you know, that that's really deep. It's like they take it somewhere like it's somebody else's problem. Mm. I don't, how is that solving the problem when people are coming over at the border in that area? That's yeah. where the leak is. And, you know, I mean. You said Texas, right? Yeah. Well, look at what the governor of Texas has been doing. Yeah. He's been putting migrants and immigrants, which, whichever label we're calling people, that are coming over the border. He's been putting them on buses and sending them to Democratic-run cities. Well, who do you think sent it to Houston? I mean, he's got to get them out of that little small town. Yeah. Because that town could be a total red red, red, uh, red district. Mm-hmm. So he sent them to Houston to get it started, get the process started. I mean, it's... This stuff is amazing. It's amazing. And you know, one thing, when we focus on this story here, what I want to focus on, the people today in the world, there's a young lady named uh, Vega. I I know her last name is Vega. She's running for Congress in in Virginia, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, She's a stone-cold Republican. And it always really trips me out when I see a, a, a Spanish Republican. I'm seeing myself fuck told y'all that they were so reliable. I mean... Well, on your side. And well, on your corner. side. I, I mean, first of all, they deporting you motherfuckers left and right. But then now they got this big Republican campaign saying Republicans for such and such. And then the, they, get a, they get a Spanish person to get on, the, on TV and say, well, the gas is high and the food is high and the and the and I'm saying to myself, wait a minute. Well, that shit is high for everybody. And I don't think sometimes the way the prices are risen in, in stores and all, I don't really think the president got anything to do with that. But they blame it all on Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, they been picking people out. It's when, like, oh, Biden. I mean, first of all, we all, like, feel, really we all feel in the crunch <laughs> of high food prices. 
what you need to do if you're finding high food prices, the first thing you need to do is learn how to cook, okay? Mm-hmm. You need to learn how to mix and match. You need to take what's in your refrigerator already and buy some shit that's going to match what's in your refrigerator already and make a meal based on what you're – it's almost like the same thing you do when you go clothes shopping. You know what color pants and stuff you got and what shirts you got. Now get a suit jacket to match that shit. But don't just go buy a bunch of random shit. And also remember, you got to watch dates today. When I say dates, you got to watch expiration dates. That's very important. Because, see, everything has to do with backups and all. And we still feel an effect from, from COVID as far as uh, distribution and, and, and things getting put out there. Every time I go in a store, I tell you, when I pull out a loaf of bread, I fuck that shelf up. Because I'm trying to find the highest date I can find. If I pull some shit out, if it's October 7th. You have it all on the floor. If it's, huh? No, not on the floor. I don't, I, I'm reckless like that. <laughs> but if it's October 7th and I pull out some shit and it says October 9th, I said, oh, fuck, no, I'm not going to take a loaf of bread home that expires in two days. So I'm, I'm pulling. I'm pulling, pulling, pulling. Hell, they got people working there. Let them fix that shit. So we're in the back of the shelf. <laughs> Way in the back of the shelf, I find the 13th, which gives me six, seven, eight. And also what I do nowadays, as soon as I come home with bread, I put it in the refrigerator right away. Right? Because oh, most of my things I eat with bread, I toast it anyway. So therefore, I throw it in the refrigerator. I tell you what, you you keep sitting bread on the fucking counter. Shit. You have enough mold on that goddamn bread to get rid of the gonorrhea. Oh, you, you can grind that can shit up. Can we get back to the migrants? I wanted to add one more thing about the migrants. Well, it just goes on and on about different things. You know, uh, a spokesman said that uh, law enforcement has been seen as an uptick to recruit videos of social media on these things, you know, and it doesn't really, you know, elaborate on nothing we don't know already. But you, what you got to say about the migrants? You know, what I wanted to say is that on top of people being bused to uh, northern, usually northern cities. Right. Um, what's jacked up about it is that these people from, you know, South American countries and stuff are being told a bunch of lies. They're being told stuff like, yeah, get on this bus, and when you get to the other side of where we're sending you, there's going to be housing and food and clothes and jobs, and the kids can go to school. It's going to be all laid out for you. But the people who there's, I mean, the the cities where they're sending them to don't know that these folks are coming. So they're arriving, buses pulling up, like they sent a bus to the vice president's house, Kamala Harris. Why the hell are you sending a busload of immigrants to the vice president of the United States home? What was that about? But see, they're playing political games with these people's lives, and they're telling them a bunch of crap. And then when they arrive, they get off the bus thinking, well, where's all the stuff we were promised? And on top of that, the mayor of New York City is now, uh, as of today, has said we are, he has declared uh, a state of emergency because so many busloads of immigrants are now in New York. New York can't handle it. So now he got a state of emergency. He's asking for federal funds. He's committed uh, I forgot how much money, but, like, a lot of money to putting people up in housing. They're doing all kind of stuff. But the problem is that you got homeless people in New York City that's been there who can't get housing. But now these immigrants are coming up on buses. buses. They're getting housing. 
something is wrong with well, this. Well, you know, but see, but I understand. So that's saying all I'm completely. saying. It's like this stuff is really gotten out of yeah, hand. Yeah, but I understand what you're saying completely. But see, let's look at the big picture. First of all, all right, let's talk about it from a railroad point of view, okay? Now, as far as the National Railroad is concerned, if I caught a train out of Washington, D.C. at 6 p.m., and this is a true time that I'm speaking on because I've taken this train, the train that leaves at 6 p.m. out of Washington, D.C., gets to Atlanta, Georgia, the next morning at 7.30, all right, makes a few stops, a few transfers where they drop off an engineer, pick up an engineer, fuel up, whatever, down the line, right. whether it be North Carolina, South Carolina, whatever. Now, that's, that's a day and a, that's a, a 12, 13 hours later. Mm-hmm. Now, to go from Texas to New York on a fucking bus, mm. how long does that take? That's a good if question. If it takes me a day, it takes me like 12 hours to get to Atlanta overnight, you know, like, you know, Gladys Knight and Midnight Train to Georgia, which that is out of Amtrak, 6 p.m., train 19, the same train goes to New Orleans, stops in Atlanta first. Anyway. Is that a commercial? No, but I'm just saying, it's just reality. It's an Amtrak reality. Okay. Anyway, if it takes that long to get to Atlanta, how long do you think it takes to get from Texas to New York or to, like you said, uh, Kamala Harris's house by bus? And where are they stopping as far as facilities? And eating and stuff like that. They had to take two or three days. But what what the first situation is that the people on the bus, they're just glad to be on this side of the border. Right. First and foremost. So they're not complaining. So God bless them, okay? Mm-hmm. God bless them as human beings, first and foremost. They're, they're not complaining. Mm-hmm. But there's also other things involved. There's money given to the bus driver to stop at this restaurant here, fuel up, because if it took a train... 12, 13 hours to get to Atlanta. That bus took three days. So there's got to be police. It's a bus. Yeah, I'm saying I don't know how long it took, but I get your point. All right, but just use your imagination. Yeah. It takes at least three, four days on a damn bus. When last time you been on the Greyhound? (laughs) Right. That's why you don't fuck with it. Anyway. How about the fifth Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. This this stuff is orchestrated on one end, and the people, God rest their beautiful souls, they're just glad to be on this side of the border. And they'll ride that bus for four days, and they'll get off four or five days later in New York like everything is, oh, the bus just pulled up. It didn't just anything. That bus had to go through all these cities, stopping all these stops, take breaks, make sure all these other people went to the bathroom and everything else. There's a lot of things involved. Right. You know, and... And when it gets here, it's like, I mean, it's just interesting. Everything that's going on in the world, we have to step back as intelligent people and look at the big picture. That that stuff is a, it's a total scam, and there's more money being put out. How much money is he giving that bus driver to See, accommodate those people? And like you just said, you got to feed these people. Of course. kids and babies and stuff on the bus. And there's only one bathroom on that bus. Exactly. But you, the kid babies need diapers, formula. There's a lot anyway. We're going to move on. Right. So if they made it, if they made it all the way to D.C. from Texas, somebody was taking care of them during the trip. Yeah, they There ain't no to. overnight shit, and it's, it's, it's anyway. We'll leave that alone. If you got any questions or comments, you want to speak on something, uh, give us a call, 914-803-4306. If you're already on the line, press 1. Press 1 if you're already uh, listening. Ooh, and uh, there it is. 
Give us your opinion on what's happening. There's a lot of crap going on in the world. Oh, it's today. a whole lot going I'll on. All right, I got one last one for you. Okay. Philly. Let's go to Philly. Mm-hmm. The city of Philadelphia issued an apology just yesterday for the unethical medical experiments that were performed on mostly black inmates at the Holmesburg Prison. Holmesburg. And this was from 1950 yeah, to 1970s. Ago. Yeah. The 1950s through the 1970s is when this occurred. This move comes after community activists and families of some of the inmates raised the need for a formal apology. It also follows a string of apologies from various U.S. cities over historically racist policies or wrongdoing in the wake of the nationwide racial reckoning, of course, after the killing of George Floyd by the Minneapolis police officer, Batman. I ain't even going to say his name. The city allowed the University of Pennsylvania researcher, Dr. Albert Klingman, to conduct the dermatological, biochemical, and pharmaceutical experiments that intentionally exposed about 300 inmates to viruses, fungus, asbestos, and chemical agents that included dioxin, which is a component of Agent Orange. I'm like, wow. Just because people are locked up, that doesn't mean that they're human guinea pigs. But that's what they did to these black folks in this prison during that 20-year span. The vast majority of Klingman's experiments were performed on black men, many of whom were awaiting trial and trying to save money for bail so that they could get the heck up out of that prison. And a lot of these men were illiterate, according to, you know, the information that the city provided. Klingman, who would go on to pioneer the acne and wrinkle treatment, retinin A, died in 2010. Many of the former inmates who would have lifelong scars and health issues from these experiments, I mean, of course, when you're being exposed to all that crap, you know, that's not something you just get over. A group of the inmates filed a lawsuit against the university and Klingman in 2000 that was ultimately thrown out because of the statute of limitations. Now, isn't that some crap? Mm. You treated these people like less than human, and now the court's going to throw out their lawsuit because they say, oh, the statute of limitations has expired. Well, hello, they were in jail. They were locked down. So why wouldn't they? Anyway, let me not get on my soapbox. I'm going to keep telling you what happened. Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney said in the apology that the experiments exploited a vulnerable population and that the impact of this medical racism has extended for generations. Well, that's a true statement. Uh, The mayor went on to say, without excuse, we formally and officially extend a sincere apology to those who were subjected to this inhumane and horrific abuse. We are also sorry it took so long to hear these words. Now, last year, you might recall, the University of Pennsylvania also issued a formal apology and took Klingman's name off of some of their honors, like their annual lecture series and professorship Hmm. over all of this. And you recall that the University of Pennsylvania was also involved in that situation where they were still using the, uh, uh, what was it, the bones? I believe yeah. it was the bones from people from that move explosion yeah. that they had still been holding on to for experimentation and research, et cetera. 
And they, you know, came back and issued yet another apology. But my question is this. Okay, you issued an apology, but where is the financial restitution to the families, their descendants, of the people that you experimented on in this whole process? From the 1950s to the 1970s, all you can say is, we're sorry? Yeah, but see, you read over an area real fast. You you read over the guy who discovered that, you know. Clingman. Yeah, but mm-hmm. he, he discovered that thing called the retina. What yeah, is retinal, retina A. Yeah, retin, retin A. Yeah, which is, uh, what is it, some type of. Um, it has to do with acne. Acne and, and all that. Treatment. Right, right. Well, you gotta, in order for you to discover some shit, you got to fuck some shit up. Yeah, and he and had to, he, he had the people at his mercy to mess things up. Mm-hmm. And now he he got plenty of money. I'm sure you could find that shit at CVS or, or Walgreens or, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, he died in 2010, but nonetheless, he made his money. Right. And well, that's where you get that's where you get the money from, from because that money is there. And there's probably some young 25-year-old great-grandchild living fat on the lamb driving a Range Rover because of that whole situation. And that's my point. His descendants will benefit from his well, that's financial we gotta success. Find. We got to find his descendants. The descendants of the black inmates well, that's who we gotta find. are sitting on nothing. We got to find those descendants. That's what we got to find. Find Follow the money. We, well, can't, we, we, don't, we can't do It's not the day. It's, it's us and the we. Well, I'm saying these descendants, they're the ones that are going to have to step up and say, hey. No, they ain't going to step up and do well, shit. Well, that's what they need to do. How if they want restitution, you're not going to get restitution. Well, the yeah, descendants, descendants of the victims, you mean. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Okay. The descendants of the victims that were inmates. Right. They have to go to the descendants of the, of the people that are that are filthy, dirty, rich. And that generation got to talk to that generation yeah. and say, we're fucked up and you got money, so we need you to save us because we're, you know. But anyway, that chance of that happening is slim, slim to none. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, um, wow. Yeah, it's a lot going on. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with the cocktail of the week. It's the Pajama Party Show. You know how we do. Uh, We'll be back on the other side of the break. This is Red Wine, and you're listening to WPJP Block Talk Radio Pajama Party. Check out my commentary. I like to call it, I'm just saying, because sometimes I am just saying. It's just my opinion. It's what I think. Hey, you don't have to agree, but if you disagree, call us up. 914-803-4306. Hey, don't forget, they can catch us on uh, Twitter also at uh, apajamaparty.com, too. What's the number, Papa? 914-803-4306. Uh, I don't know how I got this studio. Red Wine uh, came in here by himself, and me and Kettle just happened to come here and catch her skill at airtime. As you, you know, we're trying to do my own promo, and y'all just have to show up again. Well, can y'all tell them what time? Oh, 9 o'clock, Eastern Time, 8 o'clock, Mountain Time, 7 o'clock, Central Time. No, that's wrong. And 6 o'clock, Western Time. <laughs> East, West Coast Time. Right, okay. right. Either way, check so if you're in California, call us at 6, 6 p.m., 7 o'clock, if you're hanging out in Colorado somewhere. 7 o'clock, that's Central Time. Now we got it all. Seven, seven o'clock if you in. Uh, okay, it's nine o'clock Eastern. Y'all do the math. Figure out where you are. Check your watch. Nine right. o'clock Eastern. Yeah. Right. Okay. Check us out. Nine o'cl
9.15 CP time, right? Yep, that's right. CP time, 9.15. There you go. All right. All right, bartender. Is that it? Hey. Bartender. Hey, is that Mr. Lowe? Hey, come on, Mr. Lowe, Mr. Bartender. I was trying to jiggle my eyes in my glass, but it's going. Oh, jiggle my All right, welcome back to the John Party. When you host Papa Didi, I'm here with uh, Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. All right. And it's now time for the cocktail of the week, being brought to you tonight by Papa Didi. Yeah, Kettle usually does Papa. the uh, cocktail of the week, but uh, she is out on assignment. <laughs> I said she was out on assignment, and Red Wine screamed M.I.A. All right. Okay. Anyway, uh, the cocktail tonight. I'm gonna call this one uh, creamy brown. Okay, creamy brown. Very simple. We ain't gonna get any elaborate with all the. You know when people talk about cocktails, they say stuff such and such bitters and flavors. That makes it good. And but yeah, whatever. And then put some put a cinnamon stick. And put some vanilla abstract up against the Okay, so what's in the creamy brown? Bunch of bullshit. Anyway, creamy brown. Now, two of my favorite brown uh, uh, bourbons, I like something called larceny. Just remember when you think about a crime, that's larceny. L-A-R-C-E-N-Y. Larceny bourbon. It's got a key on it. It's got a date of 1870. It's got a key like you open up a jail cell. But that shit is good, though. All right? It may look like a criminal in the front. And another one is called uh, 1792. Another very good liquor. 1792. Okay. Either one of these good liquors. You got to use a, a a brown liquor that's got a strength to it. Because whenever you do anything with brown liquor, you have to use one that has some strength. They say the biggest and best one to use for making drinks from brown liquor is that one called uh, what's, what's that one in that crazy square bottle? Uh, square bottle? Yeah, it's square. It's uh, strong as hell. Uh, Knob, Knob Creek. Mm. Knob Creek. Okay. K-N-O-X Knob Creek. C-R-E-E-K. That's one of the best ones to use a brown. Anyway, getting back to the subject at hand, it's called uh, Creamy Brown. What you could do is use Bailey's. Even though Bailey's is a cream, and Bailey's is the best one, but also there's a, a, a liqueur called the uh, cream liqueur called uh, Caroline's. Okay, that's a cheap route. You want to go the cheap route? All right, you can go Caroline's is one of them, and they got all kinds of other uh, creamy uh, liqueurs in the Bailey's family, but lower than Bailey's. Bailey's is the best, tastes the best, got the best flavor, got the best results. But you can go Caroline's also. Caroline's is running close second. Anything other than that, I really can't, you know, I can't support that. But either Caroline's or Bailey's, you know, you go uh, one part of a liquor, maybe, uh, let's say a shot, shot and a half. Mm-hmm. And then two shots of uh, Bailey's Irish cream and just uh, stir. Oh. Stir and drink. 
no bitters and no, uh, you know, when people say, oh, we're going to put bitters. Oh, you're such a hater. We're going to be going to get like some fancy mint cocktails. and we're going to mold. Like what, what you when you When you put the, the big thing in there and you crush the mint, what's I that called? I like a muddled, muddled, muddled cocktail muddled. We're gonna with the muddled bitters things. and all no. the fancy Just things. Just get you some Baileys and some brown liquor. Mix that. That shit is good. I'm it's, telling you. Everything Bailey has just place. Bring, you know what? First of all. Thank you, Papa Am Diddy. I doing the cocktail? Oh, oh. oh now you nixing oh, me? I'm sorry. I thought you were done. Damn. I tell you what. Poor man don't stand a chance. Anyway, Does yeah. Does it have that's any called, garnishes? No, no. There's, there's no, no garnish. No garnish. There's no girly okay. shit. This is a straight. I just was asking. Brown Does it have liquor? a garnish? Do you put like mint leaves? or? A... You see, see that? You see what's on the other side? <laughs> Now, ask yourself, do you want to cross the other side? You Do you want to make a nice Baileys and brown liquor with a nice straw? I don't even know you want to put some cherries, and that might not mix with the brown liquor and the Baileys. Oh, that might not mix. That sounds good. Red wine, please. Can I, can I do this? Anyway, just Baileys or uh, the other one. Like, if you can't afford Baileys because it's kind of expensive, the next one would be Caroline's. Okay. Caroline's for All Baileys. All right, we got you. And with some... Larceny, uh, 1792, or Knob Creek. Knob Creek okay. is a real, it's that in a weird well script. You need to get a brown liquor that's going to hold up. Okay. Don't get no light stuff where it's going to diminish when you put the cream in. And, and what you call that again? I'm calling it Creamy Brown. All right. All right. I, I'm here for the Creamy Brown. Thank you, Papa Didi, for right. the cocktail of the week, the Creamy Brown. All right, and uh, while you got the mic, let's go into what's popping. All right, let's go into what's popping. What's popping? You know what? I tell you what. Let's let's focus back on that situation with the banks that wasn't giving people those loans. You know, I think that uh, at some point we have to look at the when you go apply for a loan. The first thing you gotta do is have your shit together, okay? Mm-hmm. If you're old enough and you're wise enough and you know what's expected, you know what your credit needs to be, your numbers need to be what collateral you're offering or what you're trying to get or what have you. You need just like I've always in my life, I was blessed to always go to job interviews knowing that I had what they needed. You know, I may have been nervous like when I get up to sing or something like that because I sing a little bit. But when I had a job interview, I'd never been nervous because I knew I walked in the interview and the first thing I'm looking at is the interviewer. And I'm saying, please. This man ain't shit, or this woman ain't shit that's interviewing me. Look at them. Look at the shit they wearing. Look at their dialogue. Look at their disposition. You know what I mean? Sometimes observe the other side of the table. And the same with these loans. When you go into a bank, the first thing that you want to do is have your shit together for you. What am I bringing to the table? How strong is my whole situation based on what I want? Whether I'm trying to get a store, a bar, you know, a house car, or whatever. If you know your shit's raggedy, why are you going to go in there and roll the dice? Take that down to Atlantic City. Oh, you know what I'm saying? I hear you. Take that to Vegas. But when you go in a bank, know what it is you're trying to do. And when you put in for it, look at the body language of the person that's interviewing and see how receptive they are to your response or how what it is you're bringing to the table. What, how's the conversation? How's the body language? Because it's just a loan officer. But they do have power. But, you know, there's other things involved, underwriters and all kind of shit that comes after that. 
but a lot of people, they, they judge people for, I mean, it's a mess. I mean, I remember one time I was going to get some insurance from AAA. I thought it was AAA, but all of a sudden this guy was sending me to some little Jake the Fake companies that had, and I already had a replica company already. I was trying to save money, so I saw AAA was doing car insurance, so I was messing with them. But come to find out, they hustling for some low-grade people. And I'm saying, well, why is y'all stuff so cheap depending on, compared to what my current insurance company is charging me? Hmm. Well, come to find out that they weren't giving me the same stuff my insurance company is giving me. Uh-huh. Oh, make your deductible 1000 instead of 500 mm. Okay, go with the, you know, this slick, or that. Slick. And on your accident per this and per that, you know, 50, 100,000, 75,000, they want you to drop it down to 25, 10. See, when you take that amount per accident and per person too low, people can now jump into your bank account because you ain't got enough on your car insurance to cover how serious that accident was. Mm-hmm. So keep your initial shit high. 50000 100000 per this, 50000 per this. Keep it high. Because, see, the first thing when an insurance company goes to sue you, if it's your fault, they're going to look and see what your insurance company can pay out. Mm-hmm. Now, if you got a little twenty five, ten thousand shit, like this motherfucker got shit. You know, hey, how bad are you hurt bad? Go on, go to chiropractor a few days and blah blah blah. We gonna get ten thousand for this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. But if you got something more serious, then you know. But but getting back to the banks and all, and then if, when you're looking at the body language of the loan officer, if they're looking at you like they never experienced black folks in their life, then you need to get the fuck out of there immediately. We know white folks that have not experienced too many black people. When we start talking, they look at us like we're just got an ebonics written on our forehead. They think everything come out of our mouth is less than intelligent stuff. And they're they treating us in a way where we're just so different. But different to what? Mm. Like and, an this, and this bank loan officer going to go home and listen to heavy metal shit. So what the fuck is different about him or her? So, you know, it's just, I'm saying it in a nutshell, and I'll keep it short. Know the body language of people of anything you're doing, dating, applying for a loan, car dealership, mechanics. Look at the body language of the people that's doing you the service. If you ain't comfortable with it, get the hell out of there. Quick. Please, this is your life. We only got a short life. Everything in life should have wonderful flavor. With everything you do, if the flavor ain't right, you know it. Don't force it. Just like when I pay my bills and I want to get some kind of payment plan. I'd rather talk to females in most cases because they got more compassion when it comes to trying to get the electric company or the gas company to give me a, a little payment plan or something. I talk to some guys at the gas company, electric company, I'm like, fuck you. You know, you're talking all arrogant and alpha male and all those shit. I'm trying to I'm trying to pay this four hundred dollar gas bill, motherfucker. Give me four payments of a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear your macho bullshit. We're all sorry your bills behind. I know that, motherfucker. I know that. You don't have to tell me my shit is behind when I know it's behind. Tell me something I don't know. You know, like I said. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's amazing. And when you when people come at you with that idiotic disposition, jump in they ass. And then hang up the phone and call back till you get a nice lady that answers the phone. Somebody that sounds like Sister Patrill from the Flying Nun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let her sound nice and fucking comforting. Saying, I have, okay, 
We can work with Hello, you, sir. sir. How can Hi. I help you? I can work with yeah, yeah, my grandchild. Really? Yeah, my grandchild too. Now y'all talking about shit y'all got in common. So when you got some in common, now get to the point of your problem. But if you get some alpha male or alpha female talking a bunch of bullshit, trying to accuse you of your bill being fucked up, get rid of them. Call back till you get somebody that's working with you. I'm going to leave on that one. Okay, now. I'm out. Woo! How about that? All right. How about that? How about that? Ooh, Lord, Papa D putting it down. Hey. Yeah, don't don't put up with the bull crap. Nah, if you ain't feeling that body language, get them out of there. Even when you meet somebody, you know what I mean. Shut them down. Mm mm. I I agree with you. If you're not feeling that vibe, shut them down. Shut them down. You ain't in that need of. You want a loan. If they ain't gonna give you that, act like they want to give you that five grand. Somebody will. Fuck it. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and lighten it up with the weird news that I know you've been waiting for on the Pajama Party Show. It's Friday night, and you're listening to the Pajama Party Show Live. Tune in every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific. We push it to the limit every week like only we can. We've got hot topics, hit it and quit it headlines, TV and movie reviews, commentary, and the world's famous Kiss It List. And you don't want to be on the Kiss It List. So visit apajamaparty.com, check out the cocktail of the week, get your glass, and get your laugh on with the Pajama Party crew doing what we do right here with you. Get up on this. And push it. Push it real good. All right, welcome back to the John Party. I'm one of your Papa Didi. I'm here with Push it real good. Red wine. Bonsoir, darling. It's time for the weird news. We're going to lighten it up. Uh, Papa Didi, can you kick us off? What you got on the weird news? Uh, on the first weird news, I got uh, the Super Squash. Uh, super Squash. 2,554-pound pumpkin. Say what? Carves out a new U.S. record. I believe it because them damn pumpkins, they can get crazy. But that's ridiculous. You ever go to a pumpkin patch and see a... But it's 2,000 pounds in a ton. So this thing was more than one time? Let me tell you something. I have seen pumpkins that are ridiculous. That's a big A pumpkin. Even if you look at the Food Network sometime when they carving stuff, yeah. they'll bring a pumpkin. Especially, in the, you know, pump, you know pumpkins come in orange and white. They come white also. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Anyway. They got racism in pumpkins? Well, no, I'm just saying. They, they okay. got white pumpkins. Yeah. Okay, now, this is in Clarence, New York. Issued by the Associated Press, a 2,554-pound pumpkin grown in New York, in uh, upstate New York, has set a new United States record for the heaviest. Wow. All right. Now, uh, the state and national records fell over the weekend at a greater pumpkin farm in uh, Buffalo suburbs of a place called Clarence. Clarence. When Scott uh, Andis, he... uh, Entry broke the previous neck record, which was uh, 528, 2,528. His was 554. It was a new record. So the previous New York uh, 
New York state record was uh, 517. So he broke the, the wow. Buffalo record, the state record, you know. So the winning guard will be on display at the Great Pumpkin Farm Fall Festival through October 16th. So, so people can actually go see this thing? Yeah, well, in New York? It's, uh, wow. it, it exists. But you get there before the 16th because, like, we was talking about the bread and shit in the supermarket. All that shit expires. <laughs> and and I, that orange is going to turn. I me. would not want to be there when 2,554 pounds of That's a big funky pumpkin, pumpkin. turns in the garbage. That shit going to smell like That a sounds horn. nasty. Okay. So get out there to uh, upstate New York for the 16th of October to witness this uh, marvel. Mm-hmm. That made it to the United States uh, Guinness Book. Oh, okay. How about that? Shout out to the big pumpkin. Mm-hmm. What you okay. got? Okay. All right. I got one for you about, uh, have you heard the news? A wild boar piglet has been adopted by cows. I didn't even know they got along. This one is coming out of Berlin, Germany. A cow herd in Germany has gained an unlikely following after adopting a lone wild boar piglet. Farmer Frederick Frederick Staple told the uh, DPA news agency that he spotted the piglet among the herd of cows in in the central German community of Breveride about three weeks ago. It had likely lost its group of wild boars when it crossed a nearby river. I guess it got lost from its family. So uh, the farmer said that while he knows what extensive damage wild boars can cause, he can't bring himself to chase the animal away. The local hunter has uh, been told not to shoot the piglet that he is now named Frida, and in the winter he plans to put it in the shed with the mother cows. He says to leave it alone now would just be unfair. So they say these wild boars can really cause destruction. Have you seen these wild boars, mm. what they look like? Yeah. They, it's a, like a pig, but it has these two crazy curved horns coming up out of their nose, and they can tear up some <clears> stuff. <throat> but this one has been, you know, the cows have, like, kind of taken it in, like, you all right, you with us. <laughs> so the cows are, like, watching out for it, and the farmer is saying, I just can't bring myself to just shoot it. Anticipating the damage that it might do. I mean, for all they know, the wild boar might chill out from being around the cows. I don't know. Yeah. But I guess if that wild boar starts acting a fool, he gonna put lead I'm in gonna, it. I would. I'd check. Poor little Frida. I check his history. Well, shout out to you, Frida. Hang in there, girl. <laughs> That's all I got. All right. What else you got? This last you? one. This last weird news: a man was charged with smuggling a python in his pants oh. at the U.S. border. This must be a pet that didn't bite or took his teeth out of something. Mm. This is in Albany, New York. A New York man has been charged with smuggling three pythons in his pants at a U.S.-Canadian border crossing. His name was Calvin Batiste. He was uh, 36 years old, was accused of bringing a hidden snake on a bus that crossed into uh, northern New York on July 15. This happened in 2018. Import uh, importations of uh, of uh, the, the python is regulated by the international treaty. A federal regulation listing the python as uh, detrimental to the health of humans. So you cannot bring that python in America. It's against the law. So 
So Baptiste of Queens was arraigned Tuesday in Albany on the federal smuggling charges and released pending trial, according to the news release from the office of U.S. Attorney uh, Carla Freeman. The charge carried a potential of a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison and 20? a fine as high as $250,000. For pythons? Yeah, because this, this python is, is deemed to be dangerous to humans, and you can't bring oh. it in America. Okay. They don't give a shit whether it's a stink or not. They're like, don't bring that. Bring but him. you said it was three of them? Three. And he had them in his pants? In his pants. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not even going to speculate on that one. Okay. Well, what are you going to do? That's some weird stuff. I, well, I guess he was trying to, what, sell them? He was trying to bring them across the border to sell to somebody? I don't know. They didn't say what it was. They That's said it's one of the largest snakes in the world. and it's, I don't know. How the hell did he hide it in his pants? That's what I'm wondering. Did he think he had a big Johnson or what the hell? I don't know. But three of them? Yeah, that's, he must have been looking like a circus freak. Yeah, that that's kind of weird. <laughs> okay, I said I wasn't going to elaborate. All right, does that conclude the weird news? Yeah, so they say if a pipe, if, if you bring one of them over here, they they kill animals, dogs, cats, and everything. Oh, that's the issue. So yeah, they. Oh, I think pythons are those type of snakes that can swallow small animals whole. Yeah, so Fifi doesn't stand a snowball chance in hell. Mm, okay. All right. Okay, well, that wraps up the uh, weird news. And um, let's see where we're going. We're going to take a quick break. And we're coming back with, I'm just saying, on the Pajama Party Show, if you want to call in, the number is 914-803-4306. Press 1 to get in the queue. And we'll hear what you have to say on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Pajama Party Late Night Adult Talk Show. We've added a new segment to the show called The Kiss It List. Every week, we put people on this list who have done dumb stuff or have been irritating or just gotten on ours or your nerves. So we call them out and put them on the Kiss It List, and we tell you why. If you have somebody you want to add to our Kiss It List, hit us on Twitter at A Pajama Party and use hashtag Kiss It, and we'll add them to the list. If you prefer to email your contenders, send them to info at apajamaparty.com. We'll call them out every Friday night at the end of the show, so get those names in. Now, let's get back to the Pajama Party crew and more of the show. DJ, would you mind turning it up a notch? Oh, how rude! Oh, you're on the kiss it list. All right, welcome back to the Pajama Party. One of your Papa Didi. I'm here with uh, Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. Like we said, Kettle, our other partner, uh, I said she was on assignment. Red Wine said she was in my... Okay, we'll just say so. she's on leave tonight, and we'll leave it at that. We'll take that up with her at another time. <laughs> oh, we'll take it up with we'll her. We'll move on. Damn. We'll move on. Okay. What's your time for now, Papa Didi? It's time for your segment, which is called uh, I'm Just Saying. So take it away, everyone. What, okay. What just saying tonight? Let's do it. I'm just saying tonight, I want to, again, talk about voting. Uh-oh. My topic tonight is we have to make up the difference. Mm. It's been more than 130 years since uh, white Southern Democrats in Mississippi 
enacted racist plans as part of the Jim Crow law to suppress the black vote. And in this day and time, Mississippi is at it again. They're still carrying out the same crap, despite the fact that blacks in Mississippi represent 36% of the state's total voting age population. Did y'all hear that? 36%. Black people in Mississippi represent 36% of the voting age population, but Mississippi is still at the same old Jim Crow bullcrap. Approximately 16%, which is about 130,000 of the black residents of Mississippi, have been denied the right to vote because of felony convictions. Any little felony conviction, and they can put that down and say, oh, no, you're not allowed to vote. So Mississippi has the third highest disenfranchised black residents of any state in the United States of America. And if you go back to the 2020 data, uh, more than 10% of the adult population in Mississippi was prohibited from voting. I'm just saying, if they won't let our people vote, then those of us who can vote have to make up the damn difference. We have to get out and vote because they've been playing this game since going back to Jim Crow, Jim Crow days. We who can vote got to make up the difference. There was an analysis in 2018 that found that 61% of black Mississippians permanently, okay, not temporarily, permanently lost their voting rights with no success in getting it back over the last two years. That's a lot of lost votes. That was 61% of black Mississippians who lost the right to vote because of the way they have the laws set up. And who do you think is voting in their place? Ask yourself that. If 61% of black people in Mississippi are not allowed to vote, who do you think is voting? Okay? Think about that. I'm just saying, the laws are being made in states like Mississippi that are not favorable to black people, to say the least. And our people are not being allowed to vote to change it. Are you... St- I'm sorry. This this stuff just really upsets me. And then you still come across people who say, oh, my vote doesn't matter. What's the difference? It's just one vote. Well, if that was true, states and lawmakers like those folks in Mississippi would not be working so damn hard to keep black people from voting. That's what you need to understand. This stuff goes back, all the way back to the Civil War. Check your history. Do the research. Go back to the Civil War when numerous southern states targeted black males who had recently just gained the right to vote. They came up with policies and laws that were created that included literacy tests, because they knew black people weren't allowed to learn how to read. So they figured, well, if we have a literacy test, you're going to fail it because you don't know how to read. So check that box. Then they came up with poll tax requirements because they knew you don't have any money because you were a slave. Now you're not. You don't have any money. So if we put a poll tax and say, you got to have X number of dollars to be able to vote, You don't have any money, therefore, you can't vote. Check that box. That's the kind of games they were playing to exclude black people from voting. 
Back then, political leaders in Mississippi called for disallowing voting for offenses such as burglary, theft, and arson. But it was only for people that committed these crimes that were black. If they were white people that committed burglary, theft, and arson, they were allowed to vote. Okay, check that out. White people that committed burglary, theft, and arson during that time period were allowed to vote. But if you were black and it was a theft or burglary, arson, whatever, you were not allowed to vote. So it was really all about the color of your skin. It's not a new thing. It's just the same old crap, warmed up, rotated, put on a whole new outfit, but the same old crap. We have got to take a hold of this stuff. We got to stand up and fight back, and you do it by voting. People in Mississippi, if you choose not to vote, you're choosing to hand over your life to the people who gave you Jim Crow in the first damn place. Are you trying to do that? Wake up, people. Mississippi, other southern states. Mississippi's not the only one, but Mississippi is the one that I'm speaking on tonight. The same people that gave you Jim Crow are giving you the same crap all over again. They just aren't calling it Jim Crow. So for people who can still vote, get out and do it. It's important. We got to let our voices be heard. This is Red Wine, and I'm just saying, don't ignore your right to vote. Those of us who can have to make up the difference from those of us who the right has been stolen from. Wake up, people. Get out and vote because it matters and it's important. That's all I'm saying. All right. This stuff is not optional. People see voting as that's an optional thing. Ah, it doesn't matter. My vote doesn't count. Yes, it does. People have lost elections by 10, 10 votes, 15, 20, 30. It matters. If you want to see change, you got to be the change you want to see. All right. I'm stepping down off my box. Okay. Oh, exhale. Woosa. 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 Yeah, it could be frustrating. It's just aggravating. You know, I know it's a, sometimes it can be a hassle if the lines are long, but it's important. It's not like it's a daily thing. But when it's time, get out and vote. Set aside time. Do your civic duty. Let your voice be heard. Okay, hmm. now I'm going to get off my box again. All right, we're going to keep it moving. Papa Didi, living for the city. Living for the city. What's well, going on? We might as well keep that voting dialogue going. Um, the one thing people got to understand, too, about voting is that the only way you become an elected, elected official is by vote. Mm-hmm. You don't need a fucking college education. You ain't got to be fat, skinny, black, white, pimples you on your face, hemorrhoids on your ass. You can get in with any of that. Look, look at Marjorie Green. Uh, Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor Green. Marjorie right. Taylor Green. Look at her. That crazy bitch. She crazy as hell. You know, she bringing guns into Congress and talking all kind of shit, saying all kind of QAnon, crazy, crazy shit. What's going to show you that in order to get voted in, you ain't got to be educated. You don't need a college degree to become any kind of official. You don't need a college degree to be, you don't need a college degree to be a fucking president. 
You just got to be voted in. Everything's just about a vote. And white folks been knowing this shit for years. And to keep people back, and what gets me is that when people spend so much effort to deny people of something else and don't go into the true competition of things, you know, life is about true competition, competition, me against you, you know? Mm-hmm. And and when you when you stack the deck, what's we'll, we'll the results of stacking the deck? Because the truth always comes out in the wash, so... That's what's happening now. You got people like up in Pennsylvania, like Dr. Oz. Now, I fought Oprah because Oprah brought that stupid motherfucker to the table. So, Oprah, Dr. Oz, that's your fault. Now, Dr. Oz is running for senator. He's not even doing a congressman because, see, Barack said that trend because Barack, Barack was never a congressman. Brock came right in as a damn senator. He said, fuck that Congress shit. I'm smarter than that. But white folks seen Barack do it. Now they jumping over that hurdle of not being a congressperson. They want to be a senator. Fuck it. Barack did it. I could do it. You know? So Dr. Oz, who's a rich-ass joker, he's running for senator in Pennsylvania. Now this man wasn't even living in Pennsylvania. Okay? He had houses everywhere but Pennsylvania. But he brought a house in Pennsylvania just so he could run because it was an opening in Pennsylvania. He said, fuck it. Now, Oprah, you brought this motherfucker to the table. You know, it's almost like Thanksgiving when one of your brothers and sisters bring this strange-ass fucking girl to Thanksgiving. You'd be like, where'd you find this bitch? You know what I mean? It's one of those moves, you know? So it's like I I look back at people that, that Oprah brought into the game, Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil, What's the other girl, the cook, the girl does the cook, and Rachel. Rachel Ray. Rachel Ray. These are all Oprah products, okay? And now she done went off to the sunset and left us with all them crazy motherfuckers. Damn, Oprah. What the fuck? Why are you bringing some good black motherfuckers that could have did shit? You done made three people, three white people rich as hell. You know, Dr. Phil, he's all over the place, making money like a motherfucker. Dr. Oz, richer than hell. Now they run up the center of Pennsylvania, all about abortion and no, you know, don't no abortions and this and that. And I'm like, Oprah, did you know Dr. Oz was this fucked up when you met him? But you brought him into America's, into America's living room. Oh, this is Dr. Oz. And that back then, we believed everything Oprah told us, you know? If Oprah was going to piss on our face, we'd say, good, Oprah, piss your ass off. Right in our face. We didn't give a shit. Oprah was the queen. But damn, look at these people. I just go to show what Red Wine was saying earlier. We, we've been bamboozled. And half the time we've been bamboozled by our own people. Because the Oprah got billions now, so she's straight. She can avoid them same motherfuckers that she brought up in here. And it's a damn shame, you know. And, you know, something else we can focus on is, is that boy, um, Herschel Walker. Hmm. Heisman Trophy winner, okay, played for the Dallas Cowboys, played for the Georgia Bulldogs, you know. Man, you're talking about a black puppeteer. I thought that the brother who was, uh, who was the brother in um, Georgia, uh, the one that's the current uh, senator? Warnock. Warnock, yeah. I thought Warnock would be, I thought he'd be going up against some white guy or whatever, but the motherfuckers pulled Herschel Walker out of the mix. That motherfucker? And his son is beating his ass saying, yeah, you did pay that woman to get an abortion. 
Why are you lying, Dad? On national TV. So, but the Republicans don't give a shit. Because they can't change their mind now. So you're going to pick a black man that was famous amongst the football world. So we just being bamboozled with our own people. And I feel sorry for Herschel because he's such a shell of a man. Oh. Comes out there every day with different looks, different glasses, and one day wearing a suit jacket, next day looking like a jock. It was scary. And his son is beating his ass, saying, Dad, you lying. And he's trying to run for office, but his son is picking him apart on the other side. I'm like, damn, Herschel, what the fuck? Where do white folks get you at, and why are you playing that bullshit-ass role? Man, I tell you, the way the, the positions we put ourselves in, I tell you, I tell you all the time, and I'll leave it at this here. When it comes to moving to the South, I'm from the North originally, okay? I'm a product of Philadelphia. My big toe, my big-ass toe at the front of my feet will not step on the other side of D.C. when it comes to living somewhere. The furthest I would go South in my life is D.C. I may move to Chicago. I love Chicago. I think Chicago is a wonderful place, especially in the summertime. Wonderful place. And that's Midwest, and they got their own situation with the, you know, inner city situation. And I like that whole aura that Chicago projects. That's the only city I would move to other than stand on the northern hemisphere. But I would not take my big toe past D.C. Ain't no God blessed way I would go to North Carolina, South Carolina. Georgia, Florida, are you kidding me? Hell no. Hell no. Midwest, Ohio, and Texas, please. No way. No friggin' way. All right, I'm going to leave it on that, but, uh, mm-mm. Okay, I heard that. There's some wild stuff going on, for sure. For sure now. All right, let's uh, let's see what are we gonna do. Let's take a quick break and um, can make the kiss it list. Yeah, let's do that. Um, if you got anybody you want to put on the kiss it list, you can give us a call at nine one four eight zero three four three zero six. Press one. Tell us who you want to put on the kiss it list, and uh, we'll add them on the list. And we'll do that on the other side of the break. It's the pajama party show. This is the pajama party on Blog Talk Radio. The Pajama Party is produced by DC Homegrown Entertainment at www.dchomegrown.com. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the Pajama Party crew and you. So pick up the phone and dial 914-803-4306. That's 914-803-4306. And tell us what's on your mind. There's a big fluffy pillow reserved just for you at the pajama party. So call us now. And remember, it's PJs only. No clothes allowed. Pass it on. Log on to www.apajamaparty.com and click the Listen Live banner or call 914-803-4306. Now let's get back to the crew and more of the pajama party. Is it tea time, darling? Right, welcome back to the Jam Party. One who's Papa Didi. I'm here with uh, Red One. Bonsoir, darling. Happy Friday. Happy October. 
I hope you're enjoying the uh, fall that's about to begin. Mm -hmm. If you're in areas where you can actually feel the change of the season. Pretty good day today, too, after all that rain. We had four or five days of rain. Beautiful, beautiful. In a row. But now it's time to get into the Kiss It list. So, Papa Didi, can you explain to people what exactly is that? People that showed their ass over the past week or so, and uh, we want to give them uh, a gift for being so crazy. Okay. So who do we who do we have on this week's Kiss It list? Well, first of all, we got Kanye West for uh, blasting uh, white uh, politicians for using black people to improve their approval rating, even though he was one of them for Trump. And of course, he was wearing a shirt that said "White Lives Matter." Yeah, for real. And you know what else I want to put on the list? Um, P Diddy for defending Kanye. Oh, my gosh. Every time Kanye does something, P. Daddy's there to defend him. Kanye allowed himself to be a pawn for Trump. Now you want to go and blast politicians for using black people to try yeah. to, you know, push their numbers? Man, please. Why do you think Kim Kardashian kicked his ass at the curb? Yeah, I think anyway. he had enough of his lunacy. Mm-hmm. All right, who else you got? Also, um, like I said, P. Diddy for defending that man every time he does some dumb stuff. So I don't get that. Okay. Um, banks, redline, black uh, bars. Mhm. White sheriff and and white sheriff deputy in Michigan for telling a black woman that she was uh blacker. Was it blacker than her because? He oh, was that from he Detroit. was blacker than her. Oh, he's from he's blacker her because he's he's from Detroit. Man, please. Wait a minute, this was a white sheriff that he claims he's blacker than this black woman because he's from Detroit? Okay, yeah, he needs to be on the kiss it list. All right, I got the Lakeland Bank for all that redlining, you know, discrimination against black borrowers and Hispanic borrowers. Let me get that one in. Who else you got? I got uh, Draymond Green. Uh Uh-oh. What did he do? He punched that boy Poole, one of his teammates. Uh-oh. Who was good in the finals. They won the championship. Punched him in practice. Let him get away with it. Everybody said, well, that's how Draymond is. Well, it was Draymond's attitude that made, what's name, leave, that made uh, Kevin Durant leave. Uh, oh, this is a basketball Golden player. State Warriors, yeah. Oh, okay. You know, nobody wants to be around that evil. But one thing Draymond got to realize is that you be acting evil and punching people and acting crazy. No disrespect, Raymond, but one day somebody's going to whoop your ass. Mm. You know, because if Muhammad Ali can lose a fight, Joe Frazier can lose a fight, George Foreman can lose a fight, Mike Tyson can lose a fight eventually, mm-hmm. you're going to get your ass kicked one day. Or all that crazy shit you're doing is going to get you kicked out of basketball. I tell you. You're and you a- know what? On that note, there was... Um- I forgot what game it was. It was a football game where somebody ran out on the field with some kind of red smoking device trying to protest something. Mm -hmm. And somebody, one of the players tackled him because the security couldn't catch the guy. And one of the players tackled this guy. Well, now the guy that got tackled is trying to sue. The player. The player. And I'm like, dude, you were unauthorized to be on the field. And the guy tackled you to get you, you know, to stop you from running all over the place, delaying the game. How you going? 
that's the same situation that happens when people break into somebody's store and a guard dog eats you up. Now you want to sue the people because the guard dog ate you up. Well, you were violating the premises. I, I never have understood how that's even a thing. But anyway, moving on. Who else you got? Elon Musk for going back and forth with Twitter. Yeah, that's crazy. I just feel like either you're going to buy it or you're not. But stop taunting and going back and forth with it. I'm tired of hearing about it. Either buy Twitter or don't buy it. But stop talking about it. Just do it. Or not. He just has been going on and on about that whole thing, and I'm really... I don't know about anybody else, but I'm sick of hearing about it. Forbes Magazine. Who? Forbes Magazine for oh. listing poor billionaires, saying that Oprah and Michael Jordan are poor because they list the requirements for billionaires to be $2.7 billion, Oh, my goodness. Because they don't have, so. Oh, so they must be, what, just under that 2.6? 2.6 or something like that. You know what? Forbes is full of crap. So they going to call them poor billionaires? How is that even a real thing? If you're a billion, anyway, I'm going to keep it moving. Then you got a postal worker in Miami. He spurs on $1.3 million in luxury goods with stolen credit cards. Wow. Shame on them. Um, I got University of Pennsylvania for all of those medical experiments that they did on prisoners between 19... 50s, the 1950s and the 1970s, and the way they just took advantage of people like that. So that's University of Pennsylvania. Uh, you got anybody else? Yeah, Herschel Walker, just for being himself. Yeah. The GOP was still backing Herschel Walker. Herschel and, can't um, even keep his lies straight. Hamilton, Mississippi daycare workers for wearing security Halloween masks and scaring the children at the Little Blessings Daycare Center. Unbelievable. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, they were caught on video. Video of them putting on masks from, like, some of those horror movies, scaring the little kids. I mean, we're talking kids that are, like, you know, three, four, five years old. What is wrong with these people? Also, I've got Calvin Baptiste. That was the man that had uh, was trying to smuggle the python snakes in his pants across the border. Just just being stupid. Uh, let's see, anybody else? Oh, Trump, mm-hmm. just for running his mouth as usual. Your boy. Uh, okay, that's everybody? That's it. Okay, well, we got a special, special gift wrap prize for everybody on this week's Kiss It List. Here it Kiss is. my entire ass. My ass. You can just kiss my ass. Baby, you can just kiss my ass. Oh, you can kiss my country ass. I said if you got a problem, then it's that. You can kiss my natural bone. Redneck to the bone. Every loving country 
All right, welcome back with John Party when he was Papa DDM here with Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. All right. Ooh, we're down to the last word. Ooh, it's been quite a night, quite a week. What's your last word, Papa DDM? Last word is to get out and vote. You know, I know the election is not till what, the 8th of November? Yeah, something like that, yeah. But um, if you're not voting, at least support the voters and, you know, help them out. You know, make sure the seniors get out. Things like that, you know, because people in their 70s and 80s got more motivation nowadays than people in their fucking 20s and 30s. Anyway, that's another story. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I laugh at that myself. <laughs> anyway. Okay, well, my last word is to piggyback on what you just said, Papa Didi. Voting is a right and a privilege, and we need to take advantage of it. Because there's some mess going on, and the only way you're going to shut down some of these crazy laws and policies is to get out and vote. Put your voice on the line. And like Papa Didi said, look, get people together. If if you're driving to the, to the polls, see if your neighbors or your relatives need a ride. Take them with you. Because some people don't go simply because they don't have transportation. So call your family, call your neighbors, call your friends and say, hey, you going to the polls? You need a ride? I can come and pick you up. Let's make it a group effort, and let's really get out and vote. Let's get these numbers up. Let your voice be counted because it matters and it's important. And that's my last word. So we want to thank everybody for hanging out with us tonight on the Pajama Party Show. We appreciate it, as always. And uh, you can check us out on apajamaparty.com for previous episodes. You can also hear us on wherever you get your podcast, whether it's on Google, Apple, iTunes, Deezer, Spotify, Spotify, and the other ones that I can't even think of right now. But wherever you get your podcast, we're probably right there. So with that, we're going to say goodnight and get on out of here. Enjoy your weekend and enjoy October. Celebrate the fall. That's right. All right. Say good night, Papa Didi. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Be safe. See you next Friday. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bet you farewell, Arabatechi, Sayonara, and all that sort of shit. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Yabiko. Sana. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show. And good night. Put